Hello and welcome to the Healed Approach podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Heald, workplace wellbeing and leadership consultant. The aim of this podcast is to bring the human back into leadership. It's about how success depends on healing, connection and better relationships because these are really key to well-being. You will find an open, honest and vulnerable approach that will inspire and motivate you on your business journey because fundamentally, well-being and leadership all come down to human connection. This is the real key to happier humans and better business outcomes. I really hope that you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healed Approach podcast. This is actually take two because I just wanted to make sure that I would get my wonderful guest today, I'll get her name right. So I'm joined by Nicola Rodriguez and I'm really excited to get into this episode today because I think we've got so much in common and I think there's going to be so much value that we're going to add to your to you, the listeners today. So Nicola is the owner of Essex House Dolly and she is queen of decluttering, reorganizing and sorting out your home and life. So thank you so much for being here today, Nicola. Thank you for having me. Um, so first of all, I guess, could you tell us all about Essex House Dolly and how it came about? Right. So since I was about 10 years old, I've always had this thing of if I get really stressed or overwhelmed or I'm unhappy, I would rearrange my bedroom and reorganise my bedroom to the point that my mum used to go mad at the amount of holes in my wallpaper where the wall, the pictures had come off the walls, they'd go onto another part of the room. And that was my coping mechanism, now I'm an adult, that I understand that's why I used to do that. So from the age of 11 up until I was 45, as a hobby, I've always done things in houses. So whether it would be interior, where I qualified as an interior designer when I had my daughter 21 years ago, um, decluttering houses. So what Stacey Solomon does on Sort Your Life Out, that's what I've been doing for over 20 years, but as a hobby. Yeah. And I decided to turn it into a business and create the Essex House, Dolly, in September 2021, when I had to start a new life so I needed to have a new job and that was why I thought I'm going to turn what I do as a hobby and a passion into a brand I see there was a niche in the market to do what I do as the Essex house dolly and I've been going now just over two years amazing I guess something that you know is maybe on other people's minds and you know, something that definitely springs to mind for me is obviously you've turned your hobby into a business. Yeah. And I think, does that, are you still as passionate about it now that it's a business and not a hobby as you were before? Oh, no, I'm even more now because I'm doing it five, six days a week. And I literally yeah. am like hyperventilating when I go to someone's house. I've decluttered and reorganized a playroom today. And oh, I was more excited to do it than my client was. <laughs> For it to get done. I tell you what, if you were closer. Oh, I know. I'd be around your house all the time, wouldn't I? 
You would, because I am the opposite. I am I'm like the one who like puts everything in a cupboard and forgets about it. But it definitely, I mean, I, I want to get into this because I definitely think that, you know, decluttering has so much power, you oh. know, um, yeah. in terms of what it can do for our mindset and our mental health. Um, yeah. So I do want to get into that. And I guess one thing you've been really open and honest about, um, which, you know, the listeners might not know right now at the moment if they're not following you yet, but you've been really honest about your experience with domestic abuse and yeah. how what you do has helped you with that. So I guess, how do you, how how does someone spot the signs? Oh God, the red, I think it's instinct. When your instinct tells you that behaviour is not right, that behaviour is not normal, that's a red flag telling you to run. And I had red flags all the time with my ex-abusive partner. But I used to think, now it's in my head. Um, now, if I do more for him, it might stop. Yeah. And now I've obviously done a course in narcissistic personality disorders last year. I've done so much education and research into it that now... It's sort of wanting me to make the Essex House study later on, be able to go into schools and colleges and universities and educate women about these are what you need to look for. And the main big ones for me is isolation. They don't want mm -hmm. you talking to any of your friends, your family. They cause problems with your children. They then start breadcrumbing you with money. They make you give up your job, your independence. They want you to be dependent on them crazy making making out that you've said this you've said that or they haven't said this or that and then they make you think that you're going mental and then the nastiness that comes with that and the possessiveness and the controlling coercive behavior it's spotting those things and for me when I was with my ex I sort of thought those things but it was only when I read Melanie B's autobiography that I started highlighting paragraphs in the book because I realised this was what was happening to me. So it is quite a hard thing, isn't it, to actually put your finger on, this is what's happening to me. Yeah, and sometimes I don't think it's till you look back where mm. you start to piece it all together. Would you agree? Oh, massively, because I had to keep a journal. The week that I left him, I started seeing a therapist, which I did for 18 months every week. And I had to write a diary. And when I now read that diary back, even that would make a fantastic Netflix film, you think, yeah. how did I do that? Or why didn't I get up? It's things of fear. What's yeah. going to happen to me? I'm, back then I was, what, 45? Do I want to start all over again? What are my friends going to say? What's my family going to say? And you just think, no, this isn't right. You've got to get out. But a lot of people don't have the strength or the courage to leave people like this. I agree. I agree. Do you ever look back and wonder who you were as a person? Oh, yeah. That, I've done a lot of therapy over that, yeah. But I recognise who that person was and that isn't the person that I am anymore. Yeah. You mentioned about training. So you did some training in narcissistic, um, what was it, um, personality? This what did you call yet. it? Yeah, that's, I thought that's what it said, but I didn't want to, yeah. Um, where did you do that? I actually did it online through an open university. And wow. it was a three-month course. 
and it just broke down all of this behaviour and the understanding. And when you sort of realise that they're saying that the person who's doing this to you is become, because they have come from a very bad upbringing where most probably their father was like this, it then all made sense. And then since I've split with that person, I've had a few women come into my life that he done all this to them. So you then mm-hmm. learn it wasn't me. It's textbook classic behaviour. This is what they do to every single female that they meet. It's really interesting as well where you, you mentioned how your gut was telling you, your intuition was telling you all along, <laughs> but you were ignoring it. and. I think for me, we are taught from such a young age not to listen to our own instincts, aren't we? We're taught from a young mm. age not to not to trust ourselves, you know, and to live in our heads. And I mm. think this is so, so then listening to our own intuition becomes really, really difficult, doesn't it? Yeah. And we begin yeah. to think it's us. Oh, massively. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing is, after I don't know if, if you can relate to this, but you're sort of wrestling with your own head all the time because your head is telling you this is wrong, this is wrong. But your heart's saying, no, it's you, you're being paranoid, yeah. you're being ridiculous, this is normal behaviour that you're not allowed to go out, you're not allowed to talk to anybody. And if you if the phone rings, you've got to answer it after three rings, otherwise it will sulk for a couple of days. You sort of... You become, and also you become conditioned that this behaviour is normal day-to-day behaviour, but it isn't normal behaviour. And I love what you said about educating people on this, because I think, you know, if you can, then people can obviously, you know, pick up on the signs and get out, Mm. you know, before too much damage is done. Yeah. Um, But I want to kind of touch on this, because obviously decluttering is something that has helped you. Mm. How does how does that help people? How are you helping others in this, in a, in situations maybe that are similar? Um, it's all to do with the flight mode. So okay. if you're in a relationship like that, and you can't just tell that person you're leaving because they make your life horrendous, you literally have to get out the same day that you're telling that person you don't want to be with them anymore. And I learned through my own experience of I deliberately only moved a few of my items into his property because I knew that it was my flight plan to get out. So I'd made sure that the majority of my items when I didn't live with him went into storage. So when I was ready to go, it was a quick, all I've got is my son's clothes, my clothes and a few bits of furniture. It's quick to get out. So by telling somebody to declutter their home, if they're in that situation, they're getting rid of everything that they need to get rid of. And then when they're ready to make that move, it's a quick in, out, gone. Okay. Yeah. I guess then, does somebody need to be picking up on those signs then to be able to listen to that message? Yes. Yes, definitely. It's, It's a very, very hard mentally strong to be to be able to to do that and it's doing it without the other person realizing what you're doing so you have to always with a narcissist or an abuser you have to be 50 steps ahead 
that you've got to know what's coming. You've got to know, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have an action plan of how you're going to exit. Make sure that you've got your own money. You've got a car that you've had checked over. Like I didn't unfortunately check my car before I left that I had two sets of tracking devices underneath it and recording bugs in the back seat. So wow. it was very, you know, that for me, I didn't find those things until I'd been gone for two weeks. And in them two weeks, he'd been tracking my every move. So it's very, very hard sometimes to know what you're dealing with. And that's why I'd say to any woman, and I, and I have worked with a lot of women over the last two years that are in these relationships, is do your education. There's so many films on Netflix, Amazon, um, Sky, where you can watch how these women have to get themselves together in order to get out, especially when you've got children or you've got children with that person, to know the legal system of what you need to get with either harassment orders, restraining orders, injunctions. So that's where my journey, I've been able to help so many women and a couple of men as well of what they need to do. I think that's a really important point that you make there as well about men because it does, you know, mm. I think we talk a lot about, you know, narcissistic men and abusive men and, you know, women fleeing domestic abuse, but it happens to men. It happens mm. to men, you know, I probably just as much as it happens to women, um, mm. you know, and, and I think that's a really important point to make there. And I'm really glad how you said, I just think sometimes men probably, you know, are not as um, not as open to sharing their experiences I guess um, yeah but it is yeah I think I think we need to kind of shed the light on that especially with you know men's mental health being so much in the spotlight as well I think mm -hmm. men and women are suffering men you know mm -hmm. and so it's it's really important that we we share that message I think and it's yeah. really important that men are aware of and doing their education and understanding and recognizing the signs just as much as women I think oh I mean I'm actually working with an an older man at the moment and he is a victim in this and I'm having to meet him while his partner is at work to educate him on what is actually going on here yeah. and it, he he sort of can see what's going on but he's frightened not to be with her anymore and there's only so much I can do. I can't physically make him leave, but it's educating him. This is not right. The things she's doing, this is not right. And it is, it's hard. It's very hard. And I, I wanted to touch on that, actually, because I think, you know, a lot of people will say, well, how do I help somebody? How, I can see the signs as an outsider. How do I help somebody who is being abused or, you know, or is in a, a really toxic relationship? And I think, like you say, you can't help someone until they want to help themselves. Yes. But I think, I, I do really, really believe that the more that we can get material out there, the more that we can get content out there, the more that we can talk about this and educate people, the more that people might stand up and think actually this is happening to me so they might reach out and they might get that support because often people need that support like you say you need to be strong and you need to be ahead of the curve or ahead of the game but that takes some strength and that takes some time and, and, and often that takes some support as well but if we can mm. filter those messages out there because again like you say you know abusers narcissists they will try and isolate and segregate mm. and you mm. know the, the victim their victim because they don't want people to know what's going on 
Yeah. So, you know, I think this is where information through social media, information through other channels is, is really, really important. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and I do love how you obviously, you know, you're helping other people and you're helping other people because you've got experience and a passion for this. But you also, you know, you've made a business out of this. You know, you've, you've made, mm. you, you know, a really successful business out of this. And yeah, how has your journey, how has your business journey been? Fun. I think that's the word. I've got no negatives at all. I mean, I started off September 21. I literally packed my bags, left, went to live with my son's dad for four months because it wasn't safe for me and my son to move on our own because of what I was going through. And because this is all, not all I've known, but I love doing what I do. So mm. I phoned a couple of my friends and I said, like, you obviously know I've left my ex-partner. I've got to have a job because I'd shut my business down in COVID when I used to work in PR. Um, do you need your house cleaned? So I started off doing about five houses a week, just cleaning housekeeping. And then after a couple of months, I thought I could actually go somewhere with this and do more. So I then started um, doing decluttering and reorganising. Then I had to obviously, with my PR background, I come up with my brand name, which is the Essex House Dolly. Because I'm obviously from Essex, as you can hear in the voice. I'm only <laughs> five foot one, so I've always been called Dolly. Oh, and I'm raising houses. <laughs> I was going to, actually, that was a question that I wanted to ask, so I'm glad you've touched on that. You know, where did the name come from? So there oh, you go. Thank yeah. you. And then I basically contacted all the journalists that I used to work with in PR, told them what I was doing. I then started getting a lot of publications like The Sun, uh, the, the, the Daily Mirror, The Guardian, The Express, starting to do stories with me. Then I moved on to doing a couple of the big glossy mags, then Forbes in America done me on one of their um, magazine sites then I started to get contacted by big retailers to be involved in campaigns so I've worked with AEG, Next, um, Ferrelli, wow. Matalan doing all their home bits and pieces and it's just got bigger and bigger that I've now become like a cleaning influencer, a PA to organise your entire life that's part of else what I do and then in the new year I'm going to be on a shopping channel on the telly selling storage products so Amazing. that's going to be a massive massive thing for me and then next month I'm at the clean and tidy home show on the Saturday which is the 14th of October at half one on the main stage actually talking about my life with OCD and anxiety and about domestic abuse and how to make your house safe and how to keep yourself safe so I've kind of combined my journey with your home so the whole thing put together is like a dolly package and everybody that I go to visit either help with their interiors sorting their home out being a bit of a therapist to them to help them with their daily life and leaving my trail of sparkle behind wherever I go so I've had no negative experiences it's been great for me to run my own business because mm -hmm. I can work what hours are suitable for me I've got a son who's 12 who's autistic who goes to a specialist school so I have to work within the hours that he is at school and it just all fits 
really well for me doing what I do. I absolutely love it. You're such an inspiration. Such oh, an thank inspiration. You. I love and I love what you said there about, you know, making your home safe. I mean, I when I was going through divorce from my um children's father and I I remember walking into my solicitor's office and just being, I don't care, you know, I'm not interested in in, in, any, in what, what happens in this divorce. I don't want anything. All I want is to keep my children safe in their home. They've yeah. experienced enough. They're going through enough, you know, with the breakup with me and their dad. I just And, and it's funny because I had everything against me. I ended up having a court order telling me I had to sell my house. I, I, but I fought, I fought, and I thought, I'm going to, my children need that stability and that security. They mm. need their home. And yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just amazing. It's super powerful and it's amazing what you're doing. And I think, you know, you really have turned your pain into power, you know, yes. when you're talking about, you know, your experiences, your anxiety. Yeah. Suffered well, there was a name, Rebecca, that I heard a while ago on a film and it's called Eat, Pray, Love. With oh, Robert. yes. Yes. And, yes. Oh, and I watched it a few times. That was part of my therapy homework. And there was a saying in there and it so identified with me and you'll probably go yes is ruin is the road to transformation yeah and that's how I feel with my life up until two years ago was like a car crash and I've ruin done so much work on myself and healed and I'm so focused and I've never spoke to another man since the day I left my ex and even though I'm not a man hater I just could not have another man in my life again now it's damaged me too much and I focus really on the positives of I've got a great business to do me and my son have got a very stable happy peaceful life and I actually love having my freedom because yeah. I got that taken away from me for a few years and being able to see your friends when you want go out when you want come home when you want eat what you want go to sleep when you want. I couldn't do those things with my ex because he controlled all of those things. So for me, I'm so like, oh, I just love my life every day that I don't have that anymore. I love that. Ruin is the road to transformation and freedom. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. But you know, like you say, you, you know, there are good men out there. There are good women out there. There are bad men out there and there are bad women out there. But I think when you're safe in a relationship, all of those things that you've just said, you know, that freedom that, you know, you'll still be able to have those, I think. But you have to, for me, you know, after my my divorce, I had to have time. I mean, I, I dipped in and out of relationships. None of them were pretty healthy until I kind of did that work on myself and, you know, and, and found found myself comfortable in my own skin because then you, you're not going to accept. If anyone comes into your life now and you decide to get in a relationship with them, they're going to be bloody special. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And they are, yeah. I think they'll have to be like Batman, Rebecca, for me to ever entertain <laughs> one again. But I think as well, it's that when you learn to value yourself and know your worth and know what you will not tolerate or accept anymore, and I think as well for me, for years, I always felt I needed a man in my life to complete my life and mm. to complete my little family unit with my children. And I just picked three really bad people after my divorce that I should never 
have entertained or had in my life. And it has had a knock-on effect with my children. And I wish now, I can't say I regret what happened because I wouldn't be the person I am today had those things have not happened. I hear that. I hear that. Because I'm still living with the aftermath of some of the choices I've made along the way but like you say no regrets because I wouldn't be who I am and we're learning all the time and I make mistakes still but we just have to pick ourselves up and carry on and it's you know um you know or kudos to us and and like I say I think there's many men out there that are going going through and have been through the same thing as well um but just one last question what would you say I mean you've you've shared a lot there already actually but I want to just I guess highlight what is the one most important thing that you've learned about yourself on your business journey? Um, that you can do things on your own. That you don't need business partners. You don't need a team of people. You are better off doing something that you love on your own. Because you then make the choices, the decisions. You earn 100% of the money. You haven't got to rely on someone else. And you can choose to do whatever you want without somebody having you asking, is it okay? Am I right to do this? So I would advise anybody who wants to do a business, depending, I suppose, what business it is, but I think you can't be being your own boss and just making all the decisions on your own. Because when you look at it realistically, how many people do you know that have got businesses with partners, like business partners? They're always rowing, falling out. One doesn't pull their weight as much as the other one does, or one has taken too much money than the other. And it just creates unnecessary tension and negativity, doesn't it? Where I think being a one-man band, I never have any HR concerns or any problems with anybody because it's just me. <laughs> yeah, I do love that. And I think there's a lot of value in what you've said there. And I guess it all it does all depend. Like, like I know because I've had opportunities and it's like, oh, I don't know. But I think it, it, just, it does depend where, what your goals are as a business, you know. And I think if you're, if you're happy doing what you're doing and it's giving you the lifestyle that you want, and you're happy sustaining that business as it is, then absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. Whereas if you're someone who wants to take over the world and, you know, and get, then perhaps you do need to think about scaling things. But yeah, it doesn't mean to, but you could like kind of, I suppose in growing a business, you can um, outsource things and that's how you can grow your business. Whereas I, I do love this idea of being of being the face of your business and the brand, you, the brand being yeah. you, if that makes sense. When I've even had Rebecca, people say to me, why haven't you got dollies that work for you doing other people's houses? Well, I've tried having dollies that work for me and the dollies had to go because yeah. they weren't turning up or they were turning up drunk or turning up and not doing the job properly. And yeah. I've actually only just got, one dolly now that I took on about a month ago and it's only where she is a really really good friend of mine and she's fanatical with cleaning as well and I've got her two jobs in two houses and there's been no complaints she turns up she's great at what she does 
and that's the only person that I have alongside that I can outsource work to because it's trusting somebody with my brand name that if they mess up, then that comes back on me because it's my name that they're going to start slandering on the internet. And my friend had a similar issue with this as well when she was trying to grow her um, cleaning business. But one mm. thing I will say is, like you said, you can find people, but you've got to find the right people. And I always say this as well, even in large organizations, you know, people will go, oh, your people are everything, but it's it's only the right people. Yeah. You know? And I think so many yeah. people shy away from, you know, sacking people or getting rid of people that aren't, you know, we don't, we, you need to be surrounded with any business. You need the right people. Because if yeah. you don't have the right people, you're never going to be successful. Yeah. But on that note, where can people find you? Right, so on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram, my handle is Essex House Dolly. And they've also got links to my website on all those three platforms. And then I think I said in next month, I'm at the London Excel on the 14th of October on the main stage at half past one. Um, the Clean and Tidy show are also on Instagram and TikTok, so you can click on their site for tickets. And then next year, you'll hopefully be seeing me on the TV. Amazing. I'm coming to you for PR advice. Yay! <laughs> Anytime, Rebecca. <laughs> thank you so much. This has been incredible. Um, oh, thank you, you for know, me. Please, such important, you know, stuff that we've talked about here. And I think, please, if you haven't already, then go check out um, Nicola and, you know, follow her, check out her website, get tickets if you're in London to go and see her because you are such an inspiration. You're an inspiration, you know, for anybody who is, you know, who has been through any kind of trauma or is struggling and also an inspiration for anybody who is setting up a business or oh, running a business. You. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this conversation and good luck at the London Excel. Please Thank do you. let us know how you get on. Oh, I will do. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please do like, comment and share with your audience. If you would like to know more about how I am championing and implementing fearless workplace well-being one bold step at a time then please do connect with me on linkedin or on any other social media channel using the hashtag rebecca healed leadership you can also email me rebecca at rebecca-healed.co.uk or you will find me at www.rebecca-healed.co.uk thank you again for listening and i hope to see you next time